Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about a view from the client's seat with the help of special guest Andy and Rachel Blackledge in Scottsdale, Arizona. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hi everyone, Tim Fowler here and thanks for tuning in to the Tim Fowler Show. Just want to say thanks to everybody that's been sending in ideas for the podcast uh, keep them coming. We're having a lot of fun finding guests and setting things up. So send me your ideas at Tim at remodelersadvantage.com. Everyone who listens to this knows that we've been talking a great deal about business. Uh, we talk about production. Uh, we talk about systems. We talk about the everyday life of a remodeler. One day I was uh, kind of thinking about what we should do on this podcast And I thought, let's get some clients on so that we can find out from our end user what the experience is really like. How does this thing that we call business impact their uh, daily life? And so I've been talking about customer satisfaction for many, many years, but I really haven't had the opportunity to speak directly to clients of remodeling companies. So I've been given the name of at least three clients of real remodelers in different parts of the country, and uh, we'll be having them on at various intervals and just to get their ideas about what it takes to have great customer uh, satisfaction. There's been a lot of research done in customer service. Most of it is focused on service industries like hotels and restaurants, but back in 2005, Qualified Remodeler Magazine put a survey out, and then they published all the results. Now, I'm not going to go into them because I'm really interested to hear what uh, Andy and Rachel have to say, but uh, their findings have been a staple for many of my uh, trainings over the years, but only on one other occasion have I had a chance to hear what a real client has had to say, and that was when I first started doing training for lead carpenters, and I had a client come in and talk to the group. So I'm really excited to have some folks here to chat with us about their experience. And um, yes, Steve, maybe some ideas or thoughts about memorable clients that you've had. Uh, Tim, I have plenty of memorable clients and memorable (laughs) for different reasons. (laughs) You know, I could couple stories that uh, could probably singe your hair, but the, <laughs> on the positive side, I have clients that I still to this day get Christmas cards from, go out and eat with and, and see all the time. And, you know, with the emotional component in remodeling, being in someone's home, there is that balance sometimes of providing a fantastic service, but in a long project, we know things happen and um, that management is, is key. So I'm, I'm very excited to talk to Andy and Rachel. Uh, yeah, I think uh, sometimes we remember the problems more than we remember the good times. And so I'm very grateful to have some folks on that apparently had a good experience and we want to find out about that. 
Yeah, well, here we go. Andy and Andy Blackledge and his wife Rachel own a home in Scottsdale, Arizona, which was built in the 1950s. Their kitchen was outdated and was in desperate need of remodeling. So they called Rosie on the house to help make their plans come to fruition. Welcome to the show, Andy and Rachel. Thank you. Thank you. So let's just jump right into it. Um, what made you call a remodeler about your kitchen project? And uh, so what was it that kind of spurred that on for you? Well, other than the obvious need, um, for me, it was just uh, uh, Rachel. Rachel was uh, really going to town on um, an app on her, on her iPad, uh, <laughs> basically, basically designing the whole remodel. And showing friends, oh, look what our remodel is going to be. Look, 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 what's, look, look what we're going to do. And when people asked, well, when are you going to do it? She was just like, well, we don't know. And <laughs> we had kind of compounded with that. We had we had a neighbor directly across the street from us that just lived to the remodeling nightmare. Um, wow. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. Um, and their, their contractor was... Uh, was not up to par and um, subsequently subsequently got brought to justice by the Arizona Registrar of Contractors. Wow. So, you know, listening to, listening to Rosie all these years, uh, you know, we figured, well, gee, we might as well see if they're available to give us an estimate. And, and so kind of a, the combination of all those things, we, we called them and, and we were expecting to be, uh, you know, have a start, uh, a start of the construction, you know, delayed for six months. But then, when we called, uh, they said, "Oh yeah, we can we can get you started in the, in the next uh, four weeks or so." Wow! And so we just jumped on it. Yeah. So how long did the kitchen remodel? I know it's really relative all over the country, but how long did it actually take? How long did you live through the construction? Eight weeks. So eight. from the beginning of yeah, eight weeks. So it really was. Uh, did they promise you eight weeks? They did. So they, they start date that they gave us of October 1st and then the end date in um, November, right before Thanksgiving, we fell right exactly on those dates. Wow. That's fantastic. What a great testimony for Rosie on the house. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. So oh, yeah. Let's, let's just d- dig right in here. Um, what do you think was the most critical thing in terms of you guys having a great experience uh, for the project manager while they were, you know, while Rosie on the house was working on your home, I know they have project managers. And so what do you think was the most critical thing that they did that created a good experience for you? Well, I think their, um, insistence on uh, a weekly meeting, you know, despite, despite seeing them every day on the job site and, and in our lives, um, you know, them being able to take, uh, you know, a, a set time out, of what they were doing one time a week to just uh, talk to us about the project and talk to us about our concerns. Um, and really, you know, at the end of each meeting, they, um, they, they wanted to know, you know, what can we do to make it better for you? Uh, they would always, you know, ask a, a probing question about uh, the customer's experience. Um, and, you know, frequently we just said, Oh, nothing here. We're doing great. But uh, <laughs> the fact that they really took the time and, and made a concerted effort to um, to ask us about uh, our feelings and um, and our comfort level uh, was really important. So, is there any time when you didn't say, 
wow, it's going great, where you said, yeah, if you just did this, uh, and, and again, what, what kind of thing might that have been? So um, we, one, one instance was just um, an experience with an electrician. It wasn't huge, but it was just, you know, how to make it better for us. And that was, they turned off electricity without telling us they were going to, and both of us worked from home. <laughs> and turning off electricity when we both are on our computers is, is not ideal. So we just said, giving us a heads up is helpful. Um, so that was probably, I, I can only think of that experience off the top of my head. Okay. Um, an issue we brought up. Yeah, so that's, that's exactly the kind of thing we'd like to hear. And I know uh, we both know Rosie and, and the company very well. So but that's the kind of thing that's really important, keeping clients aware of what's going on so that they don't have those experiences. Sure. And, 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 you know, not only that, you know, I know you're, you're very much aware of, uh, you know, what happened with, with Rosie and his crew. Um, you know, those folks were on our job site uh, during uh, and after, you know, everything that was going on with Rosie. And, um, you know, we were just so impressed by their, um, ability to focus on on the project um, and not get sidetracked by by everything um, that was going on with Rosie's health. Yeah, what's interesting is I was actually there when Rosie got hurt, so that's a uh, oh, it's bringing back yeah, some, I knew. it's bringing back some emotion into my world right here. <laughs> yeah, we're, that we're was, so grateful to hear, we're so grateful to hear him back on the air and yeah, uh, and we were we were relieved to to get the status reports from the team. Um, yeah. As they were working on our project, but that was that was directly during the time that, that all that happened that they were yeah. they were at our project, and uh, we're just so so thankful that uh, uh, he's he's yeah. in better health. So, just a, another thing about the weekly meeting: can you tell us, other than the probing question, I think that's a fantastic thing for our listeners to get a handle on. But what other kinds of things were they communicating with you during that weekly meeting? Oh, we, we literally went through pretty much every everything that was on the schedule for the project, including what was coming up for the following week. Um, you know, just where where they where they were, um, the things that they wanted to accomplish, um, and and what their expectations were would be of us if we needed to um, have water off or electricity off, like Rachel said. Uh, you know, they just conveyed those things about you know what we can expect, and that really helped us make sure that we, we weren't, um, you know, in, in their way when it came to, uh, you know, them trying to do something and, and us asking questions at the time of that thing being done. We had already known, uh, based on the weekly meeting, that those things were planned to be done, and it was, was never a surprise. Yeah, so Andy and Rachel, um, I mean, you obviously sound like reasonable, lovely people, but you have a neighbor across the street that has, you know, basically a uh, a criminal activity from a contractor go on. So you could be skittish going into it. Um, so what kind of things did you do in terms of getting testimonials or referrals about Rosie on the house? It sounds like you're a listener, but um, so going in, how how was your mindset set positively that this was going to be a good experience? Uh, lead me through that you know, as you start the project? Well, I mean, we just, we, we basically took a leap of faith, but we also knew that, uh, you know, Rosie and his team, uh, based on our 
sort of interactions with them, you know, from their radio show and, and all of that, that, that they, they operated in an ethical manner and that they, that they were accountable because of that. Mm-hmm. And I think also we talked about the experience that we saw across the street and got reassurances from them yes. throughout the decision-making process that things like this were not going to happen to us. Um, and that when issues did arise, that they would find ways to address them um, versus what we had seen happen across the street. Cool. So what was the what was the experience of shifting from the sales design team to the production team? How did you get introduced to them? And was there a little bit of trepidation in your in your mind that now I'm going to be dealing with some different people? Not, not really. You know, we, we did, we did have a little bit of a hiccup, uh, just with trying to, uh, you know, order, order what we needed to order very quickly so that we wouldn't, um, push back any of the, uh, production time, um, you know, specifically the cabinets, um, you know, we had to work with some of the design team and, and all that. And, and there, there were some things that, uh, that unfortunately got missed. But the production team ended up picking up the slack and, and really coming through. Uh, and so we didn't really have any trepidation about switching from the sales side to the production side. Uh, we just we knew that was kind of part of the process, and uh, we just uh, jumped in with both feet. I think one thing that they did very well, though, um, that helped us have that confidence is that every sub, basically, or sub-team came in and met with us uh, initially before the product or before the construction actually started. So we had an opportunity to meet with, you know, the, the electrician with the painters with, you know, everyone came in and got introduced to us as they got the project um, described to them. And I think that was helpful too, for me to have confidence in those that were coming into our home versus them just showing up the very first time on the day when they were going to be doing the project. And not, so, only, not only that, but the, but the production timelines were, were very clearly stated to all the subs and that, you know, they were, they were basically held to those, to those expectations that they had to be there, you know, this certain date. So they actually had a meeting before any demo, that kind of thing, with all of their subs there for you to meet before the project started? Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's cool. That that's that's really cool. And real quick, were those the people that would be doing the work, or were those the owners of the companies? Just clarify. A combination. Okay. Um, I think it was a combination. It wasn't all the people that were actually hands on, but um, some of them were. That's cool. It depended. Yeah. So the kitchen is a very personal. Uh, space within the house and other than the weekly meetings and that communication uh, what did they do just to make this comfortable because I mean I've done my kitchen I've done other people's kitchens and and what a mess to not have a kitchen for about eight weeks anything that they did that that made it a little bit easier for you guys um I think I think just the communication about the expectations you know we 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 had the opportunity to to pick a start time during the day, which is which was earlier than I think I wanted to do, but it, <laughs> it helped us, you know, get get up and and get things ready and and be able to um, take care of ourselves before any of the subs got over. 
uh, to the house uh, to start working. And that way, once the, once they were there, uh, we were all taken care of and, and they could just get to work. So uh, I think just having that, um, that regiment um, of figuring it out, but, but them extending that courtesy to us and say, hey, what, what time of day works best with, with you to start? And obviously they, these guys just did, um, you know, a great job with, with all the hours that they put in. They were uh, really hard at work all day, and, and we definitely appreciated that. I think one other thing, um, kitchens are also, um, it's, for us, it was smack dab in the middle of our house. Yeah. Um, and they, um, the way that they, in a sense, roped off or um, sectioned off by using plastic to try to reduce the dust in the remainder of the house. And, um, and the way that they did it, because one additional thing that was incredibly helpful is they had zippers for us to walk through. Uh -huh. And this actually happened, this happened on the, I think one of the first, in the first week. Um, I remember uh, being asked the question of what could make it better because we also had dogs and getting uh -huh. in and out of doors was quite challenging when you're dealing with zippers, when you've got dogs that want to run through. And probably one of the main places that we lived was our master bedroom. We kind of had a kitchen set up between a laundry room and a bedroom. And so it was a door we were going through a lot. Right. And they set up a system where it was a two-zipper process. So we were able to um, get in and out easily. At the end of the day, we can roll it up and go in and out of that room. It was a huge, one very, very simple thing. That made a huge difference in so our from, lives. From, from one zipper to two zippers. Uh, yeah, made it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Just very comfortable. <laughs> I mean, it, a simple, simple thing. It, it sounds a little more complicated with two zippers, but I'm going to take your word for it. That, that That's yeah. fantastic. I think what it I heard. An actual, they, they created an actual uh, door instead of a, a, a slit. Ah, yeah. okay. Got it. Got it. I understand. Yeah, but and at the end of the day, we could actually roll the plastic up so that you actually had a doorway. I got it. Yes. And, and I think what I heard even more importantly, and I want to really emphasize, is they listened and did yeah. something. They did something about a very special concern that you had. And I think that's huge because sometimes we get, so, and I'll just say it out loud here, sometimes we get so busy building things, we, we forget to listen. And I, I think that's a great testimony there. Well, and even and even one step one step further was that they they asked. Yeah, yeah. So, was there ever a time when you just went, "Man, I wish they were done with this thing"? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and I think I think the sooner the the closer that it gets to, to completion is was was the worst. Um, and then and then just being without like being without a sink for so long was. A challenge, but yeah, it. I, I was, <clears throat> I was worried about the whole project to to start with, uh, just kind of dreading it. Um, but it it really wasn't as bad as as I thought it would be, and my fears were uh, sort of over over exaggerated. He actually, he wanted to move out during, ah. it, and I said, <laughs> I think we can live through this. <laughs> um, and he wanted to move out. So. Well, this this was when you know when we were thinking about doing it, you know. But when we finally pulled the trigger, we were just like, "Let's do it. Let's just live in it." Yep. So one of our one of our dirty little secrets is we would wish our clients would move out too, but uh, we we understand it's very seldom in the budget for that to happen. Yeah. 
So what did you guys do for food? I mean, eight weeks when I would work with a client, I would just see continuous takeout and that was about it. So my husband is incredibly creative Uh and he actually made food ahead of time. So we packed and closed. So we had um, dinner and breakfast set up and made. He made basically kind of burrito type things. And then we added salad to it. So it was something that we didn't have to um, cut cut up or make um, every morning and every evening. So we set it up that it was kind of all prepared. So we lived off a microwave and a refrigerator, basically, and a coffee maker. Yeah, the coffee maker is very, very important. (laughs) (laughs) A coffee maker in the bathroom is unique, too, I think. (laughs) It works. So for us, I think I think for clients, though, helping them to understand preparing ahead of time and thinking through a little bit of those kinds of things can also be helpful. Um, I had previously lived through a kitchen renovation, so um, I had dealt with it a little bit. But my husband, being very innovative and creative, came up with his own ideas, and um, I, I think that those things really helped us living through it. Yeah, that is, that's really, that's such great advice. I think that uh, we often don't get people really, really ready uh, for the experience. And the less dishes that you can plan for, the better off you're going to be. We lift off paper plates and cups that we could throw away. You know, not ideal in today's life, but for going through a renovation, that's really something you want to do. little cleaning. Yeah, that's fantastic. So uh, this has been so great. I I really appreciate you guys being on with us. Is there any kind of like a last minute advice you'd give to the remodelers and builders that listen to this podcast about dealing with their clients? Um, I think it's it's just, uh, you know, having the voice of experience uh, and knowing knowing what, what clients have gone through and being able to share that information with the prospective client uh, just to be able to better prepare for, for their experience and, and Rachel. And listening to them. You know, yes. asking that question of what could make it better and then listening to what their responses are, I think are critical things. So just, um, you know, the more we talk, the more I get questions, but setting those expectations, was that done in the sales process or did they wait till they were about ready to start and then start talking about how difficult this might be? They, they set it up from the beginning with us, setting the expectations of what they expected of us. Okay. They did set that very early on. What they needed from us as far as decisions and as far as you know when we needed to be places they set that up in the beginning um, and yeah. in the sales process. So yeah, so like in the sales, like like Alex, uh, you know, he he kind of set it up, but then he also made sure to, um, you know, during during that sub meeting when when Don, the you know the the main production guy was there, yeah, uh, you know, he just he just basically went over all of our understandings yeah. verbally out loud in the, in our presence just to make sure that we were all on the same page. Yeah, so it sounds like communication was one of the really key aspects of the success here. Huge, huge, yeah. Very cool. Well, I I just want to really thank you guys for being on. Uh, This is a great experience for me, and and I know the listeners are going to get a lot out of it. So I I really appreciate you guys taking some time. 
Hey, it's our pleasure. Good luck. Yeah. yeah, thanks so much. And I was also thinking that maybe we could see the kitchen at some point and throw it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll, absolutely. I'll, I'll send you a picture. Great. That sounds awesome. great. Well, thanks, thanks again so much. Thanks. thanks. Awesome. Well, Tim, that was great. I, you know, I was, um, you know, really interested to hear what they went through. And I, I learned a lot. What were some of the things you took from this? Well, what I see is that their experience mimics the uh, research that's been done over the years in customer service. And the thing that we find through the research is that communication is the number one thing for good customer service. And so they, uh, they talked about it on a number of fronts. I think the thing that stood out to me is that one of them used this phrase. They asked probing questions. And I think we are so consumed by building the project that we often run away from problems. We, in other words, if the client didn't bring it up, it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. And instead, it sounds like the contractor in this case went in there saying, tell us the problems because we can't deal with them unless you talk to us. And so they at that weekly meeting, they asked those probing questions. And they did, you know, the fact that they did that all the way through looking for right. that, because so many times you can say, hey, I get a sense that they're they're great. They they act like they're, um, you know, good with the project. Everything seems great, but they they may not be telling you everything. And that can compound in a very dangerous way. Yeah. The other thing that and, and I made kind of a big deal during the discussion with Andy and Rachel was the the listening part of it. Cause I, again, I can anticipate them saying something about those zipper doors and then somebody going like, well, what do you want us to do? We put the zipper door in for you, as opposed to somebody, somebody had to sit back and go like, okay, what are they, what do they really need? Yeah. What? And then saying, well, how do we make that happen? even though it's not sort of normal for us. Although I'm kind of thinking it's a cool idea, you know, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of an investment for two zippers instead of just one. And you've got a new type of door. So I, I just was impressed by the fact that they listened, but then took whatever time was required to actually do something about the problem. Yeah. And kitchens being so difficult, that preparation leading up and Andy, what a fantastic idea for, pre-making yes. meals and freezing that. I mean, that's that's a yeah. fantastic idea. I don't know if anybody else out there is using that, but that one is yeah, huge. Yeah, that, that's so fantastic. But I, I, I think what Rachel said too, just try, the remodeler should say, hey, here's some ideas about what you can do for food because mm-hmm. you're not going to have the kitchen for eight full weeks. And oh, by the way, they started on the day they promised and they finished on the day they promised mm-hmm. that had to be impressive to the clients. Yeah. Well, once again, we would like to thank Andy and Rachel Blackledge for joining us today. And we always want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Tim Fowler show. And remember we're helping the bottom line through production training. This has been another episode of the Tim Fowler show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. 
And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.